The Hub is a community. Manuscript, book, and print cultures. Stamping problems. You are listening to a podcast by the Trinity Long Room Hub Arts and Humanities Research Institute. The Hub is a space celebrating tenure through the community. This created by Carl The Hub is about impact. The Hub is for everyone. Reading Group, which is now rebranded as the Art Science Salon, our second season. Um, we're so, so glad that you guys were able to join us tonight. Um, we're so glad to see lots of familiar names in the chat. So thank you so much for being with us. Um, the redesign is kind of part of Amelia and I having discussions about what it means to be an, a transdisciplinary or interdisciplinary researcher and what our responsibilities are as researchers to um, not only our work, but to society, what it is that we want to bring. Um, so going forward, we want to make sure that we are creating a really welcoming, informal and interesting cross-cultural and cross-disciplinary space for people to come share their ideas, talk to us, um, and just look at new ways to ask big questions and, yeah, solve issues across disciplines. So. With that said, my name is Autumn Brown. I'm an interdisciplinary researcher here at Trinity College Dublin and Science Gallery Dublin. My research is at the crossroads of art science and looking at how we prototype ideas in public spaces, specifically in science centers and museums. I'll pass over to my co-host, co-founder and partner in crime, uh, Naomi Conville to introduce herself and her research. Thanks so much, Autumn. Um, it's wonderful to be back and thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And um, thanks to everyone who supported us last year. And uh, we're really, really excited, uh, myself and Autumn, to share with you guys the programme, to start off tonight, of course, and to share with you guys our programme for the following um, couple of months. Um, it's strange to think that we're coming up to nearly a year since we went virtual um, with, the, uh, with the Art and Science Reading Group and now is the Salon. And it's really wonderful to have the ongoing support of our audience um, of the artists and researchers, scientists and practitioners that we're going to be interviewing, that we have interviewed and that we're going to be interviewing um, over the next couple of months. Uh, but of course, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Science Gallery Dublin and Trinity Longroom Hub. Um, Autumn and I both met as interdisciplinary, transdisciplinary researchers in the Longroom Hub when we were both doing uh, early career researcher uh, residencies there last year. Um, and I think that we very much founded this group in the spirit of um, wanting to forge kind of more long lasting ties between the Hub and Science Gallery Dublin. Um, and we're still here. So it's been really wonderful. And thank you to both of those, um, both of those uh, wonderful institutions within the college for supporting us and helping us achieve uh, what we want to achieve with, uh, with this group now rebranded as, as the Salon. Um, just a brief introduction, my name is Amelia McConville. Um, I'm also, as I said, an interdisciplinary researcher. Um, I'm working with the School of English and the Institute of Neuroscience um, at Trinity, and I'm looking into uh, visual poetry, visual poetics and neurohumanities. Um, and I'm just very, really delighted to be back. Um, so I'll pass back over to Autumn to start off the questions um, with our wonderful uh, collective that we have here tonight with us. I wanted to mention as well, just very, very quickly um, before we dive in that Going forward, we're going to be hosting, continue to host these monthly conversations, probably around every third Thursday of the month. We've got a really out of this world lineup uh, for you guys, and we can't wait uh, to have these conversations. And we're going to be hosting or having a new website kind of built to help us collect the resources. So instead of having the resources being sent to you by email, whether they be readings and images or video, we're going to share them here 
with our artists, scientists, technologists, researchers, and then it will be hosted on a website um, at Science Gallery. So then you can check in with those resources whenever you like. And it's again, kind of about like what our responsibility is as researchers, like what, what, what do we wanna be? And that really is kind of a place where conversations happen and a resource for folks to get involved. So without any more waffling on, um, I'm so excited to introduce Multiplay. Um, their new installation is the kind of culmination of a joint artist residency between Science Gallery um, at Trinity College and Accenture's Global R&D or uh, uh, Innovation Center at the Dock. Um, but instead of me going on into their process, the artists themselves, I thought would be the best people to introduce what it is that they do um, and what it is we're here to discuss. So I'd like to pass over to you guys. Thank you very much, Alton, for your words. Uh, it's always a pleasure to hear from to hear to you from you, and also to be well, and also to be here. We are delighted to share this space with you all. Um, We're really honored to be in the uh, like a part now uh, of the great family that the Science Gallery and and this salon specifically is. So thank you for thank you very much for the inviting, um, and thank you also for sure um, to, for our partners in all the whole um, long journey that we have been um, dealing with all this time, uh, Science Gallery, Dublin and Accenture Deck Dog, because um, yeah, I, I, up to this point, it, they are also part of our, of our daily lives in these days and we couldn't have done any of this um, in any way since without their help and support. So thank you and thanks them for this. So, well, uh, multiplay. We are um, Elisa, Pedro, and I am Victoria de la Torre. Um, they will also introduce themselves now. We are um, a collective based in, well, previously in Madrid, in Spain, uh, now around the world, a little bit between um, the Netherlands and, and Madrid, uh, Spain also. Um, we just came together to explore different aspects of um, yeah, the crossroad between science, art, art the interdisciplinary paths uh, that leads us to, to think about how we are in the world, how agency is um, shared among us in, in these moments. And then we were realized, like we were asking ourselves about systems, about how we enact in them. And then we uh, ended uh, presenting ourselves as multiplay in this um, artist in residency program that we took part of and that was hosted uh, by this structure and by these institutions. So this is how we ended up here together. My, I, I'm just uh, introducing myself super quickly. I am I am a designer and artist and in general I do a lot of things and uh, I have a, past, a background in industrial strategic and graphic design and now I'm doing a master um, in arts in the HKU, in the HKU here in Utrecht. So I won't extend myself longer. I'm going to pass the ball to Elisa here. Hi, hello. Um, thank you, Otto and Emilia, for inviting us. I am Elisa Cuesta. Um, I am an artist, designer, and researcher. I normally um, uh, engage with uh, technologies and the apparently uh, seamless way they entangle with society, but also with nature. I have been traditionally interested with um, or by uh, 
collective design processes. And uh, in Madrid, I joined part of a design association with Victoria and other colleagues. And we there made a few projects around this uh, design and society and also new cities uh, or growing cities. And I also met Pedro there. So, um, well, as an artist, I have been um, recently working in projects with water and in how water infrastructures end up behaving as um, also knowledge infrastructure, infrastructures, sorry. And well, I don't want to stand myself much longer. Uh, I pass the ball now to Pedro. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Pedro Arnaud. Thanks so much to all for, for inviting us. Um, my background, I studied architecture, but right at the beginning of my professional career, I realized I didn't like it. And I got involved in a series of projects where I turned all my interest, um, which were my interest. I am very interested on data and how the big amount of, of data uh, are shaping the world we live in. And I focus mainly in, in design and architecture. I work with artificial intelligence uh, and um, virtual reality in some of my projects. So that's, that will be all. Amazing, guys. Thank you so much for introducing yourselves. Um, I think I would also like to remind our audience um, just before we go into the video that Multiplay have to show us um, of um, the, the current work that, that, um, that we're here to speak about tonight, I would just remind our audience that please be putting your, uh, much as, we're, as myself and Autumn are going to be asking questions throughout the next um, 25 minutes or so, I would urge the audience as questions occur to you to pop them into the group and we will open up the floor um, at about five past seven to audience questions and we would absolutely love to hear from you guys. So put your questions in the Q&A function on Zoom. Um, as they occur to you and we will ideally get to all of them before the end of our hour um, but I think the um, the guys are going to show us the video now uh, about the, the current work that we're, we're dying to ask them more questions about so um, wonderful. Closeness is a gradient. There is not a discrete boundary between what is close and what isn't. Closeness is not limited to interiors. Closeness is mediated by senses. That beyond the sight is far. Light always goes ahead. Sound comes close after it. Through touch, we can grasp that within our bodily reach, inwards and outwards. Smells can travel very far distances in time. Taste is homeland to immediate experience. We experience in closeness. In the present, we sense it strongly. Future is far, we cannot envision it. We often long for that which is far, and we tend to forget our closest story as it lays behind. Technology perverse too. Rather, it extends it. With time and space diluted, Far and close become an ubiquitous one, where, when, viral happens effortlessly. The tighter the structure, the faster information flows among nodes. It is easier to become aware of what is close, 
and it is easier to identify ourselves with that what we are aware of. Awareness unlocks affinity. COVID-19 lockdowns have turned closeness inside out. With the outside out loud and closeness circumscribed to our most immediate boundaries, the system has never been closer. Amazing, but I think we'd like to hear a bit more. So what don't we just see, guys? What is that? <laughs> what is it about? Can you walk us through the piece? Um, yeah, what is it? Sure, um, you have just seen a teaser, so that's why it leaves so many questions open. And it is also the first time we show this video ever. So this is still a work in progress. Um, there is still lacking the subtitles and a few things on, but um, I hope you got intrigued at least. Uh, that what you've just seen is one of the um, outcomes, let's say, of a very long research process that has um, result, um, among many other things, in an installation that will be displayed at Science Gallery from the following weeks on. And uh, also uh, what you heard was uh, important also, um, that what you heard was a poem that was written by us uh, together in early June. So. Uh, and by June, we had already been a few months researching in this project. So let's say that uh, this film uh, that we did a few weeks ago was kind of a way to put together the beginning with the end of the process. Um, that was kind of an introduction. Uh, you have seen a breathing organism, let's say. Uh, it is a very or pretty large piece, uh, pneumatic installation that um, has some sort of behavior and breathes. So it inhales and it exhales responding to certain data that we collected during our research process, which happened to be the very uh, beginning and the very first months of the pandemic. So um, the breathing body you have seen and you will be able to see from the windows of Science Gallery, basically uh, is shaped and behaves to the rhythm of the major changes uh, of the agency of the global system during January and June 2020. Uh, we, well, this is a very generic uh, thing, but um, we basically were researching about how agency behaves in social systems. And we, uh, given the, the lockdown circumstances we were going through, we were very aware of how, how the, feeling of closeness was changing radically, right? So both in a physical way, but also in an emotional way. And also in the, it was present in the ways we were hoping to communicate with others and we were eagering to find information in some places. And that's how we came to the idea very early uh, of using closeness as, a, as an indicator, some, some sort of or as a measuring tool we could all relate to because we all have these notions of what is far, what is close, what do we feel attached to and what we don't. And that's uh, how the poem came by and then how the installation unfolded. So I don't know if Pedro or Vicky want to add something. Yeah, in general, let's picture it uh, like, uh, let's take a bit of perspective and see. Uh, so 
what we will see in the gallery will be this uh, transparent element that is resting on the ground. Um, inside of it, there are these um, colors in the steins. We call it in the steins. They are, of course, uh, plastic ones that Elisa and I were ironing very hardly for weeks. Um, and they are entangled inside of this whole structure. And the whole membrane outside, we call it this transparent element, it um, embraces this system. It is the one that actually makes these um, constructions and this inhaling and, and exhaling behavior to the um, in response, let's say, not in response, but feed, fed, sorry, with this um, de data related to closeness that we were measuring in the social media, specifically Twitter, because of uh, pragmatical and critical reasons. And what, but that's only one part of the whole uh, research. That's also one part of the installation, because this would be the main piece, let's say, but then um, we also have a wall that asks us directly and through which we will see the whole piece um, for security reasons that will display a very big um, letters, would say, how close do you feel, which is kind of the motto of the whole system. And also the question that we want to address to the audience by, by um, introducing ourselves in, into this concept that is so present today. And this it will be completely accompanied but by uh, also a graphic piece that explains how uh, these um, events, these topics, these situations were grabbing our attention and making us feel closer um, or, or at least um, connected to someone uh, else in the world in these moments. But beyond that, <laughs> the whole, uh, as Elisa perfectly put here, uh, the the this is just the outcome. This is just like the embodiment and the experience and um, one of the parts uh, that have been part of the whole uh, process itself. Um, well, I've spoken out. Pedro, maybe you want to ask something. No, no, you're mute. Maybe it was better. Now, I just want to point out that uh, they've been talking out about closeness and why did we choose to talk about closeness? And it was because we started this, this project right at the beginning of the pandemic, on the first lockdown. And we wanted to, we were given the task to talk about the system. We were trying to understand the human system or the world system. And we realized that it was thanks not thanks <laughs> due to the COVID it was the first time that it was happening the same at, at not all the world but mostly the world so all on all, in all parts of the world people were constrained at their homes so that that was the thing that gave us the first step of what to talk and closeness as Melissa mentioned before how people were changing the, their way of feeling close to, towards feeling connected or not uh, was happening at the same time in the whole world. So that's that. Thank you so much, guys. I mean, this is absolutely fascinating. And I, I know that, that I, I have so many questions I want to ask. And I'm particularly thinking along the lines of how um, this work breathes. I know that, that that's, that's one of the kind of fundamental things. And I, I'm just thinking even my personal response to this artwork that I'd be so moved by the idea that 
obviously COVID, it's, it's a respiratory illness. It's the breath that was that's affected as one of the kind of primary impacts of us on that physical level. And I can really see how you guys are exploring how the embodiment of this piece, the, the, the actual breathe, breathing of it, it brings us back to just how fundamental breath is and has been. And I'm even thinking of then the kind of often the panic response that we would have to times of global crisis and how that also affects the breath in and of its own way. But then a question I have for you guys next, and I don't know if all of you or maybe one or two of you want to answer it, um, is quite a big one, but I, I'm, I'm interested in whether you guys think maybe in your own practice and in general, do you think that artwork has the power to shift or shake systems which no longer serve us? Just a little question to open things up, right? Um, prior to that, the answer, let me point uh, something that you said that is really nice uh, about the breath and about the, how this um, how this came into the piece and, and why we were exploring that beyond uh, what you said. It, it's um, this breath is as life as as closeness is to communities somehow. So that's also like this connection that. Um, uh, is very present there uh, the whole in during the whole process and specifically in the in the piece itself and and I, I think I ha have just realized that we didn't even say the no name of the project the project is called air by the way like it's for the public so I mean it's part of the whole uh, core in, in itself and, and now we can go to the big question um, and and this is funny because actually today I was discussing it uh, in in my class uh, with my classmates and it was a really interesting um, debate about how art or artworks can uh, affect in a way or not to the systems in general um how sometimes this question is even some i, I don't know um if like the answers to this question sometimes are a bit like in, in between naive and and um also um, pretentious somehow, but in the other way, I think that uh, through arts and artworks, more art in general and art thinking that in artworks specifically, um, there is always a way of reframing and, and establishing new connections in a free and creative way that in other kind of processes, uh, maybe it's not that obvious or that, um, easy to happen, mostly because of the context that surrounds these uh, connections and this triggered. So I think they, there's a lot of potential to be unleashed there. I think that uh, for sure these processes when they are carried in a certain way, they can uh, leak into the system and, and cause at least debates, which is more than enough. Um, but I am also very critical about how some discourses of this kind, they are uh, so messianic sometimes as if every um, little piece of, um, so whatever is called artwork sometimes can actually change the world. It's like, well, but that's my very personal opinion. <laughs> Guys, please. Elisa, Pedro, I wanted to give you space if you wanted to, to answer as well. Um, but if not, we've got about a bajillion questions. Elisa? Yeah, I pretty much agree with what Vicky has just said. Um, coming from not only art backgrounds, but also design and architecture, we often find this complicated territories in which there is a tension in between utility or not. Uh, what can 
art or what should art do in opposed to design or architecture? And I don't think no one has a, an accurate answer. And, and I think that is one also one of the, of the main potential of art uh, in this, in this um, question is precisely the, the capacity to open questions, not to answer. So well, that's what I wanted to add. No, but also in terms of the process, right? Like, like for instance, how well, um, how through artistic research or, or through these processes in a more creative or inter intertrans cross-disciplinary way, um, these questions can be open and actually leak into different parts, and and how uh, from there you can actually trigger different paths uh, towards new answers or at least new new questions or new areas of uh, developing, right? So. It's powerful. It's a powerful tool that we have in our hands here. I think it's really interesting to touch on some of the stuff that you that, that we've talked about in the past and some of the things we mentioned today in terms of art and interdisciplinarity coming in to complicate the questions or to show or suggest that there's more there's more nuance perhaps than than we realize that these that there's an interconnectedness between disciplines and between issues. And so in order to solve a problem, it's not gonna, it's, there is no moonshot, there's no one answer. And I think art helps us articulate the complexity of big questions and maybe find new ways to, to ask them and to answer them through process, not so much through, not always through product, maybe, maybe both. Um, I want to talk to you guys a little bit too about process versus product or process versus outcome in a little bit, but I have a silly question first, so I hope you'll forgive me. Uh, what is digital agency? Um, this is what the project is kind of centered around. So what does that mean, agency in a virtual space or agency online? You're talking about getting data off of Twitter. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a very agency is a very big word. Um, based like a, well, you probably know more of, of, than us about this, but um, we understood uh, or we um, grabbed uh, to the definition of agency that uh, says that um, it is basically the potential of someone, something, or an assemblage of both uh, to act or react in the systems they belong to in a way or, or they are part to and yeah obviously there is no uh in that there is no uh dimension on, or no unit of measure to tackle this uh, definition of agency that we know if there is um please tell us because we have been struggling <laughs> all this time about it um so we always uh framed uh, this kind of question from from the definition of closeness we have uh, presented and, and a few questions ago. Um, in that way, um, we were uh, intrigued or at least uh, interested in figuring out if by through closeness, uh, we were able to um, reach more or less agency or well, not more or less, I don't like that word, sorry. But like, if closeness is something that belongs to individual, but also to collectives, in a way, uh, what happens when the collectives are not only physical collectives, uh, and, and it, it, we are not talking only about physical closeness, but what happens when this closeness is distributed? You know? So 
Um, that's what we uh, refer to as digital agency. What happens when this agency is distributed and can be reached uh, regardless of uh, physical boundaries. So obviously in the, um, uh, through internet and all the um, amazing tools to connect we have nowadays, the information, but not only information, also emotions and reactions flow very fast from one place to another. And in a very, um, distributed way and in a way it is easier or not easier but more there are more chances to people to meet with um, bounded by affinity or bounded by emotional closeness and then for these people is also technology may give tools to organize and and perhaps um, access to more bottom-up approaches to problems or to claims um, in a way uh, and Maybe we can stand a bit more about what, uh, how we approach this, this, this closeness. Uh, we measured or we tried to, um, yeah, to detect three dimensions of closeness. Uh, one was physical closeness. This is easy. With this, sorry, I have a, I have a visit. <laughs> um, <Okay. I'm> <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry, physical closeness that is easy to measure. And there was, um, through all the pandemic, there has been an ongoing study by Oxford University uh, that has been measuring how um, the different governments worldwide have been putting more or less stringent measures uh, all along the waves of the pandemic. And that moment uh, in March, all the world was like super constricted. So it's like, okay, we are that, at this moment, we are really tight and we literally took those data and embedded them in the project. Uh, but then we also worked um, with emotional um, closeness uh, and uh, well, yeah. And for emotional closeness, this is obviously very difficult to measure, but we, given the state of lockdown we were going through, and the, the only way to search that in a way was connecting with other people, calling, doing, video calls with your family, friends, etc. Um, and in that way, we decided to find how uh, much was the internet consumption increasing. Uh, and it actually, if the curve of stringency was doing like this, the curve of internet was doing actually, uh, was reacting in the exactly the opposite way. And then to see which were the poles, the possible potential poles that, of attraction of that potential agency, we decided to track the digital conversations to see what sort of uh, information or events or issues or concerns were attracting more people to speak about them. And in that way, we ended up tracking uh, the most uh, popular uh, hashtags and trends and words in Twitter um, and it is um, this is this can be widely discussed and I don't know if this is a panel to do so because obviously we are very limited and very constrained by the very same technologies that allow us to connect and Twitter in this case was the biggest main social network that allowed us to dive a little bit in their data because there are other main ones that just don't give that, that access. So yeah, we put these three dimensions of closeness together and that's how we created the um, installation you've just seen. And going back to 
agency that you were asking, like um, there's no such a thing for us as a digital agency. It's more like, as she perfectly said, it's more like how we um, are able to enact in which inside of these systems to actually be aware of our positions as as people or as part of a collective body, let's say, uh, as part of our assemblages uh, that that are around us or even in the other parts of the, of the world and how all these relationalities uh, can spring or, or not to, to trigger changes. So that is very related to the other main aspect of the project, which is actually the, the subtitle of it, let's say, uh, our mantra, which is from um, radical individuality towards a collective um, subjectivity, which means precisely how, especially in, in, in these uh, conditions of neoliberal societies, uh, we are mostly isolated somehow. And these situations with the COVID actually stress this uh, extremely and to the most um, radical situation of uh, isolation in a physical way, but how are we so in, in a so embedded in, in a so individual structure uh, that we are having issues to actually connect beyond all these technologies and beyond all these uh, facilities and that, that we have. So we were um, somehow pursuing this connected subjectivity, this way of being, being much more um, yeah, connected for sure, but being aware also of our own selves. So it's kind of a, uh, to find this, this so precious balance. And we started to use these metaphors of materials of how uh, to, to picture also these society, not societies, but mostly models or uh, organizative models like uh, radical individuality is mostly like a solid, for instance, or um, this, and the opposite would be would be collective um, radical collectivity. So it would be like a like a gas, let's say. So the middle point for the us. Way round, Ricky. It was ah, what did round. I say? <laughs> eh? I know. Yes, you're right. Wow, what the fuck? Uh, I am so I am so so tired at this moment of the day. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, so I, everything I said is, is uh, completely wrong. Uh, no. So again. <laughs> radical individual <laughs> individuality gas um radical collectivity solid we are going to the connected subjectivity liquid and that's all and then pedro go for saving yeah i think uh, mostly everything has been has been said already um i just want to say that for us um uh, when we were working we are is uh, probably we will talk about this later, but we are very much of a process, guys. So during the process, we were all the time thinking uh, during the lockdown, we were working during the lockdown. So what is happening with the agency? Um, we, are, we are not able to move. Does that mean that the agency is froze? Is, uh, so obviously the answer is not. So what is happening with that agency? Where is, where is it go? Um, and that, then is when we started to to, to move our site to the digital world. I think it's your, all your answers are so fascinating. And Pedro, I might jump on from what you just uh, introduced there, that idea you said that you guys are process guys, you're more interested 
in the actual mechanisms of it. And I'm thinking of how you introduced the piece by talking about just how much research went into it and how it's such a long form piece. And in many ways, this, this piece that we see is the physical manifestation of, of that process. But could you, could you maybe as a group tell us a little bit more about why that is, why you focus more on the process when the product that we see is so impressive, you know, that it's so commanding of attention. I'd love to know a little bit more about your guys' attitude to process and product. Yeah, it was the, I can go first. It was our first time working, the three of us. So uh, when you ask, are we a process people or not? Uh, it's not that we decided, is that on the go, we proved it. Like we were all the time on the process. And I remember probably September, we said like, we have to come to an end to have a result, not an end to the research, but we have to produce something. And then, then is when we, when we decide to, to, to actually think what we're gonna produce. So yeah, I think the process is important because of our backgrounds. And also because those backgrounds are not the same, are connected, but are not the same. So it's in the process when you can like start making links and work together. But it's also a process about questioning, right? So in the moment that you actually are working with questions and you are working with concepts, it's much more complicated to turn, in, turn them into another thing so the process here was uh, is, is part of our own individual practices and lives but it's also then something uh, that was the ground for like the common ground for the three of us so we had to establish somehow this kind of base uh, between our interests our circumstances our um, the conditions in which we were working on which were also very relevant because we started this project literally the same week that the whole uh, world was crashed down. So to generate this kind of platforming in which the three of us were in this, on the same page in that moment, we had to follow a process. It couldn't have been in either way and the other way around. So for me, it's really complicated actually to like, I don't even, I can't even formulate that, that question like about process and product, like products need a process, Pro products that come that they don't come because of some spontaneous um, situation, you know? So yeah, I guess that that would be how, how we started navigating through all these conceptual um, relations. Like, okay, so we want us to, to listen to these signals that were uh, occurring, but there was so um, uh, such a hard and, and, and big noise around us uh, in every place, in, in the media, in the news. Um, and so how to grasp something there. And, and it, it was very interesting in the moment that we started to use, to, to picture the whole situation and to picture uh, all our all these concepts with a stroke or something like this, with um, with a body language, let's say. 
we started to focus on how how all uh, we all the things that we were living were actually as if a body was getting infarted or something and from that moment on we found kind of a common language in which we could elaborate uh in a more plastic in a more um painterly way so that we could start materializing all these interests and all these concerns specifically but again by questioning ourselves even our methods also that's uh, somehow to deal with these struggles in between okay we have to we have to generate something uh, as pedro said it was before of september really it was before september um <laughs> um, but it was more mostly like how to deal with all these uh, concerns, situations, digitality, the three of us uh, around the world, and not together physically in the same place even, the, the artist in residency happening in, in another space also, um, the world crashing down, and, and, and now we are getting into this common language and, and into this materiality, so how to explore it from there. So yeah, and one thing led to the other. Yeah, it's a pity that uh, that process cannot be rasped, rasped in a whole because I think we always joke with this, but I think our process has been much more interesting than the artwork. But it's, I read. <laughs> but the artwork is also very good. The process. Imagine has, the process. Has been like exciting. Sometimes I mean, like, like this is a very official place to actually speak about it, but it has a lot, a lot of anecdotes. Mm. And it is mostly where where most learning happens all the time. So you don't learn anything just from an outcome. Yeah, and also during the process, there is a lot of production as well. Of like as Victoria said before, we were very um, very concerned about the physicality physicality of of it so we're always thinking of the how it will materialize so it was present on all the, in the whole process and there were products all the time maybe it was not the final products but we were producing all the time prototypes so mm. prototypes yeah so it's not a process of product it was like hand one to another 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 question here would be even what is a, a product in itself because uh, along the process we have been also uh, creating pieces of text uh, that to, to hold or to grasp, grasp all the all these ideas this poem that uh, was shared in the in the video video takes um models well a lot um even digital digital simulations um and all this in the end it shapes the whole uh, and enriches the whole uh, research. That's why we say, well, yes, this is an installation, but it's a research. And we have an article, like a proper document, a paper in which we actually uh, document the whole um, conceptual and physical research through it. And then there's are all these layers of knowledge that we can uh, have by encountering our bodies with the body. But that's a whole new, uh, area. I think it's really interesting though to, to kind of remind folks and to have these conversations about the ways in which research is so much a part of artwork and producing these pieces. And I think too this new emphasis back on process creating and methods, what methods we use and how questions evolve as we're working on a prototype or working on an idea or a question and how fruitful the process is where you like, okay, we have a product now, we have a thing that exists, we have the piece, it's being installed in the science gallery right now. 
However, you know, it's not an endpoint that the conversation now is just being opened up to more people. So from like for the first part of this, this is a, a more insulated process. And now the door is about to be proverbial, uh, proverbially and virtually swung open for other people to interact with the piece. I want to come back to kind of to, to close out with a, a couple questions about um, your hopes for the piece. Before I do that, I think it's high time we go over to the questions that other people are asking. Uh, so I want to pop over there and read a few to you guys now. The first one is from a uh, <laughs> familiar, familiar face, familiar name, Andrea Bandelli. And um, says, thank you for this brilliant event. My question for multiplay after COVID, meaning once the current harsh measures are over, are there aspects of the way we are renegotiating social closeness and maybe a lack of it during COVID that you think we should keep and maybe even strengthen? And also from Andrea, so keep that one in your mind. I love the next question about residencies being powerful ways to contaminate organizations and people with different ways of thinking. Um, and do you think that that being physically remote as individuals rather than in residence, uh, the artistic process in its highest form becomes even more important to contaminate those organizations than if you were physically present um, in these institutions? So we'll ask about what things we should keep or get rid of in terms of closeness or distance and then talk about contamination of ideas. Maybe I can take the first. Um, yeah. I think one of the great lessons we can take from COVID um, is precisely how do we think of closeness if we think about it at all before, right? And especially from the governing bodies and, and um, yeah, um, public ones, but also in corporations. Um, so suddenly individuals were important, maybe because they were dangerous uh, or possible um, contaminating bodies, uh, linking to the next one. Um, but it was necessary to start thinking about uh, this, this closeness and, and that addresses or the, the figure of the body in a completely different way that, has, that wasn't being addressed. And I think we are here in the beginning of a negotiation, as you say, of a new period in which bodies will be addressed as something uh, new or more complex than it, we used to. Uh, I don't know if this will go for good or for bad. Uh, I will probably have a couple of things from each side. For example, uh, all the things in all the advance uh, that we have made towards surveillance have been uh, like in between amazing and outrageous, um, right? And then maybe after the COVID, it will be very difficult to, to regain the rights, uh, the digital rights uh, we didn't have, but now we won't have any longer. So it was like this chance that maybe, maybe it has passed, I don't know, because it's very difficult to dismantle a system when it has been built very, fast and very um, clumsy during an emergency situation, right? That is on the bad side. On the good side is like, so, well, maybe um, there are, um, I don't know, uh, new 
possibilities for reconsidering individual and collective agency uh, as something that matters um, beyond this singular body. Yeah, it's especially um, especially like we, we were so interested in this in in this um, concept of, of closeness mostly um, as a way for things to happen. I think that would be how how we were also interested in it and how we are interested in communicating to to people. So when this situation of COVID ends, um, this debate will go on about how these daily conversations about how we negotiate if we want to get closer or not, or how are we um, getting comfortable or not, will occur, they will occur. But this can also be extrapolated to the different layers of us within a system. So this is how, how we think about it. Uh, and the second question, because I wasn't reading them now in the chat because they were long ones and I wasn't remembering them. Um, it's a very interesting one, actually, uh, well, all of them. But yeah, definitely uh, to use like this whole artist in residency slash remoteness uh, program that we have been through and that we are being still in, uh, was the, this was the aim of it to contaminate, to pollute, to, to share this thinking of, from our side with these institutions and it effectively happened. We have been maintaining several um, moments of sharing with their teams and they have also uh, had a lot of layers of interest, complexity and, and, and very accurate notions to our own research and, and this way we could somehow um, create something uh, much interesting for all of us. And as I said before, it, it's, a, it's, it's a, a process in which you are creating a common ground. So this is how we actually navigate through it in the, um, with this situation. And, and in terms of the, of the physicality of it or, or of the digitality of it, uh, it, it should have been much shorter and in the conditions uh, should have been completely different if we were in person there. First, because we would be sharing hands uh, like all, the, the, or, or, all our daily work with them in a much more um, continuous basis, I guess. Uh, so I don't know if the physicality would actually make a difference in that, like it would increase, or uh, on the contrary, uh, to be digitally engaged. Um, so having this, all these meetings uh, week to week for all this time, uh, calibrating all our steps, and also for them to actually tell us how they were developing. This is also um, this is how it was in in the end. So I don't know if if in the other way in the physical space we would have. Um, contaminate less there and in the other way I don't know but what's true is that actually we were able to create all these things uh, to carry all this research in a lot of different locations uh, being these institutions in Dublin being Elisa in, in Asturias at first in a city in the north of uh, Spain 
Pedro in, in, in Madrid, me in, in Mallorca, uh, then Elisanda in the Netherlands. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, like uh, remoteness, right? <laughs> You know, something you said there, Victoria, I think chimes very well with uh, So Tia, thank you so much for your question. I know Tia is um, an amazing artist in herself that incorporates scientific practice and um, technology into her own artistic output. Um, but Tia asks, what do you hope people will understand from viewing the installation without hearing you talk about it? Um, I think this is a burning question that I have too, because obviously we're getting such an, a unique insight into how you guys have, you know, configured the process and, and um, the, the production of this actual work. But for your average person walking past on the street, what do you hope that they will understand from this? We have a lot of text. We, yeah, right from the beginning, we understood that there will be some layers of reading. So, as you said, one, one person passing by, and there probably someone who stands, stands for maybe 10 seconds or something. There are also some text, some graphic information that explains a little bit what is the piece, what is the research, and everything. So, yeah, it also depends on the viewer. Um, we hope that person stands can at least feel this pressure and maybe hope to link it to the situation, to what has happened. And of course, if he, if he or she reads what is on the, uh, the information, uh, he will understand better. But yeah, for me, at least this kind of maybe remind of March, April, this kind of pressure, this kind of, well, I guess in Ireland it's still happening. So this kind, this kind of not move, not to be able to move. Yeah, I don't know for the girls. You put it right. Uh, I mean, but let's say that we are not expecting you to, you people to know um, the whole process in an artwork. Like it's not it's not its intention. It's not a possibility even. Um, what it should transmit, as Pedro said, is mostly an experience to feel it, to deliver some kind of reactions, to uh, some kind of uh, sensibility towards it, some something that makes you remind this moment, um, open up this kind of conversations. Also, the piece is a company that uh, I said in. Uh, previously, I have for a graphic or to situate uh, the the audience in which period of time are we referring to, in which uh, how we managed to create, uh, like to 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 develop all the all the data processing. But that's not the point uh, of this outcome, and and it's part of it for sure. But it's not even its purpose. It's mostly like um, how are we approaching this which kind of feeling uh, can we grasp from this and and how can we learn or, or question ourselves by by experiencing it that's art right <laughs> and also um, the piece is not was not thought to be seen from a window uh, our first thing was the piece will be like in a room and people will be close to it. So the breathing of the body will push them, make them move 
So due to COVID, it's not possible to be in a closed space. So also the experience uh, is, was also, as Victoria said, is you don't have to understand what is happening to understand that that intestine is whatever. It's more like an experience of the pulsing, the, the stringency. Yeah. So basically, we just want people to go inside the gallery no matter what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to riot and break into. <laughs> we would be very pleased, but we didn't say that. Um, well, as a science gallery person, I cannot, I cannot endorse that position. <laughs> uh, but, but it is exciting to know that the piece is gonna debut. Like it's gonna be, it'll be, it'll debut next month, uh, March twelfth, I think. Um, someone from Science Gallery, get in the chat if I've got that wrong. Uh, go, go forth and, and yell at me if I, if I'm misspeaking. But it's, it's still going to be in the window and there's still going to be able to be this interaction between the piece and the audience. And I love what you guys have said about this really being a starting place for more dialogue, more questions. And even through that window, I feel like there's almost an extra layer being added to the piece about intimacy, about closeness. You can still see the piece like do its breathing and feel that thing behind glass still. And I think not just in Ireland, but in a lot of places around the world, that that enclosed feeling, it still really hits home. Um, I think there's a lot of compassion in the piece. And we, we've talked a lot about technology and data and virtual spaces, but I think there's something to be said about a kind of like empathy of the piece and this feeling of being trapped that I think is really beautiful. Um, coming from somebody who's not in it, from a, a direct arts background, um, that's one of the things that really struck me about the piece. Uh, before we close out, uh, I wanna see if we have time for uh, one more question. Uh, Joanna asks, can the fact that we, as audience, um, due to circumstances, are virtually interacting with the art piece, so for the folks who can't be here in Dublin, um, and that's not physically feeling, bring us closer uh, to thinking, and that's the process that you mentioned. So I guess she's asking, um, is this now, do you feel like it's an extra layer, that there's some people who are only going to be able to interact with this piece in a virtual space? Um, what does that mean to you guys? How does it impact the piece itself? Thanks, we're, we're only able to experience it virtually also, so, so yeah. we, we feel it, we feel it. <laughs> I haven't seen it in physical, so I, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that for sure the, the experience would be the same. It's not, uh, it's not a possibility, but for sure, these kind of questions uh, or this kind of um, like the whole experience to see it online in the videos that we are uh, creating, if we stream live somehow this um, window with the body inside, we can we can have another completely experience also about it, and it will be equally valuable, and it will be it, it can also open up a different kind of uh, understandings, questions, um, maybe nothing, uh, maybe you can, maybe the, the empathy that it can or not um, trigger in you can 
maybe be present, maybe not, but at, for sure it will be an experience in itself and, and it's different. Yeah, and also, as we have said, uh, the pieces is not only the project, there is much more about the project. So probably if somebody's gonna watch it virtually, mm, the interest will not be the piece, which is very physically conscious. So it's very present, it's very important in the physical, but if you read to it, it's probably because you're interested in the issues we are dealing with, the closeness uh, agency. So there, are, there is more than the piece on the, on the science gallery document. And also um, thinking about uh, this, this, this kind of meetings uh, in this occasion, we are uh, having a conversation which is being streamed to the public. Uh, perhaps this is the first time we do so, uh, but um, yeah, it, it, it is yet another conversation with very interesting uh, question. It, and it, perhaps it is maybe the, the, I don't know, number 200 let's say so the process started really early and i think most of the progress we have done is has been done through this sort of um virtual encounters so in this occasion is with you and and you are also becoming indeed part of the process because you are feeding with your questions and with your um reactions um the whole uh, universe of questions that we are uh, generating together in a way so here we the, the process is just not ours is is a process of being and work together and the 37 people we started being 50 we are being very boring they have also and you have also been part of the process and it's also your process now so feel welcome to continue <laughs> Also, there are. I just wanted to add that there are different things, different ways of engaging um, these these feelings, these questions, and these concerns. Uh, I did once an experiment with uh, tweeting. Uh, it was a little performance, uh, just an experiment, and I was just tweeting about this project and performing how I was inhaling by tweeting about it at the same time. And, and when we ended the, se the session that it was I don't know, two minutes, three minutes, it wasn't more, uh, people like the feedback that I got was quite astonishing because actually people started to, to uh, synchronize themselves or to feel some kind of empathy towards my breathing. So it was like, you are not even seeing the piece because I, I'm not even showing you uh, video. I am just putting you some screenshots and, and writing some tweets. And by my text, by my uh, sound, I am I am triggering these things uh, in you, and you are questioning and, and and figuring like what is going on. That's also a part of it. That's let's say it's kind of a frame of mind. It's kind of a uh, we sometimes call it even a diagram, right? It, it's something that entrails something that you can unveil it. Uh, you can take it. You can communicate it. Um, it has lots of layers, but the point is that it's being shared somehow. So, guys, I think we could listen to you talk about this work all night, and and I, I can certainly think of so many more questions that I'd love to ask you guys if we had another half an hour or, or another hour to speak about this. But unfortunately, we're we're out of time. Um, so thank you so much. I'm just going to wrap up quickly and just say thank you so much to Science Gallery, to the Long Room Hub, to our amazing multiplay um, collective. Um, thank you to my co-host Autumn, and I'll pass over to Autumn to um, to close us out for the evening. And thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you guys, uh, everybody for coming to our, um, our first event of the season. We've got so much more uh, coming at you. Hopefully some of the resources that were talked about today that are not just the piece, but virtual, but ways to kind of interact with the piece virtually and online. Maybe the article guys shout, shout me down if it's not true. Um, we would love to be able to share uh, with you all on that side. Um, but thank you guys for hanging out with us in this uh, first kind of pop-up event. Uh, we'll be communicating much, much more with the art science community in the future, and we're so excited to have you guys. Look for more uh, reformers, revolutionaries, artists, technologists, scientists, and everybody who is dancing along in that liminal space of art science for this season. So without further ado, all I have to say is from- The Hub is a community. Manuscript, book, and print cultures, stamping towards the history of the Taimoria Library. As well as being heard. The Hub is a space. Contemplating Ireland through the communities created by Coral Sea. The Hub is about impact. The Hub is for everyone. The rise of feminism.